Okay, turn your Bibles this morning to 1 Corinthians chapter 13. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, the love chapter. And uh, last week we talked about, from John chapter 13, we talked about Jesus telling his disciples, this is the one thing you need to know about, this is the one thing you need to show. If other people are going to know you're with me, you need to know how to love one another. By this shall all men know that ye are my disciples, that ye have love one for another. And, and, and here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13, I think this best exemplifies what true love is and what it isn't. Now, we're going to walk through several people here today that could do several different things well, but without this one thing, charity or love, you're absolutely worthless. Let's read, you found 1 Corinthians chapter 13 in your Bible there this morning. Let's read just the first few verses together. Though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. This morning, I want to preach a message called a big fat zero. A big fat zero, because that's exactly what you are if you do not know the love of Jesus Christ and show it. Your life will be a wasted investment, a wasted investment in God's eyes if you're not knowing and showing the love of Jesus Christ this morning. Let's pray and ask him to do this in our lives here this morning. Lord Jesus, I do love you. Lord, I ask you this morning to clarify this truth to your people here this morning. Lord, I give you in my mouth. Lord, I open it. And Lord, I expect you to fill it this morning. Lord, would you convict and change lives uh, through your word. In Jesus' name, amen. The first person that we see right out of the gate In verse number one, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become as sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. This first person knows how to talk really well. In fact, his oration, the the, the way he speaks is angelic. Do you know how to speak really well? If If someone were to come up to you and ask you, how can I become a Christian? Would you know what to tell them? You could Say it really well. You know all the verses to go to. Could you help someone who's struggling with a certain sin? Maybe anger or lust? Maybe in both cases you'd say, yeah, I know exactly the words to put to them. Put it to them bluntly and and they'd know exactly what to do. My friends, even though you you could know the best way, the best way to to show it to someone. And Paul here in verse 1 makes it clear it doesn't matter how well you speak or how well you can communicate truth to someone, that's not what matters. That's not what's important. It does not matter as much as the love behind your communication. You could be the best speaker in the world or heaven. You could have angelic tones. And yet, if you lack love with people, they won't care what truth you're trying to communicate to them. It doesn't matter how well you speak it. Without love, you're nothing. There's a second person that God gives us here in verse 2. And though I have 
the gift of prophecy. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries, a spiritual gifting, a gifting to understand certain things. Now, how would you describe a, a mystery? Maybe you've played the board game Clue before and, and unraveled the mystery, or maybe you've read certain mystery books and, and tried to guess the ending before getting there. Never read the last chapter first. That's all. It ruins the entire book, right? You've tried to unravel those mysteries. You know, God has given us the Bible and His Holy Spirit to understand secrets of God's working in mankind. God wants us to understand those mysteries. But you could understand every single mystery in the Bible this morning, and without love, you're absolutely nothing. This spiritual gifting would mean absolutely nothing in, other, in, in God's eyes. Think about the several mysteries in the Bible. Here's just a few of them. Ephesians chapter 1, verse 9 tells us God's mystery of his redemptive plan. Ephesians chapter 3, the mystery of the church. Ephesians chapter 5, the mystery of marriage as an illustration of, the, of Christ and the church, Christ's love for the church. Ephesians chapter 16, the mystery of the gospel, the good news. 1 Timothy 3, the mystery of godliness. A mystery is a secret, and without the Bible, these would still be secrets. We would never be able to understand or comprehend them. But even if you understood fully the mysteries of the Bible and you lacked love, the Bible says you're of no worth. You're of no worth. Look at the next person. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, you could know a lot of stuff. Here we find a scholar without love. If you could see Paul's report card from school, what kind of student do you think he would have been? Uh, B, no, I think he would have been an A-plus student. He wouldn't have been an average student or a dropout. The Bible tells us that he was a very learned man. He, under, he studied under Gamaliel, who was a prominent Pharisee and a doctor of the law. And he, he, he himself, throughout his letters, gives his defenses. Is this, this could be, I, I could be uh, very, uh, come to you with, with my wisdom, but I don't. I come to you not with the words of man's wisdom, but with the wisdom of God. Hey, you could be an A-plus student or a walking encyclopedia of information, my friends. You could have the knowledge of, of all things, you and my friends, if you don't have genuine love for people, my friends, you're of no worth. You're, abs you're absolutely worth nothing. doesn't matter how much you know or how much theology you can explain. You can, if, you're, if you're a scholar that does not have any love behind what you're learning, my friends, you're worth nothing. But he also gives us sec uh, another thing at the end of, the end of verse 2. And all knowledge... And though I have all faith so that I could remove mountains and have not charity, I am nothing. All faith so that I could remove mountains. Does that sound familiar? It should. Jesus told his disciples this, disciples this in Mark chapter 11, verses 23 and 24. For verily I say unto you that whosoever shall say unto this mountain, Be thou removed and cast into the sea, and shall not doubt in his heart, but shall believe that those things which he saith shall come to pass. He shall have whatsoever he saith. 
Therefore I say unto you, whatsoever things, what things soever ye desire, when ye pray, believe that ye receive them, and ye shall have them. God wants us to believe him for big things, but without love we are nothing. This is, this is showing us a prayer warrior, a prayer warrior without love. You should be asking big things of God. But my friends, do you have love? Is love the driving focus of, of why you are praying and why you are ministering, why you are doing what you are doing? A story is told of, of Rosalind Goforth right before she went to China, or sorry, right after she, she entered China, and she wrote in one of her books a testimony of someone who exemplified Christ's love that impacted her. Let me read this for you here real quick. About nine months after arriving in China in 1888, the Go Force moved to an inland mission stationed in the Shuting Providence. One of the missionaries serving there was a Mrs. S., who was widely known for her success in ministering to, to Chinese women. One day, Rosalind went to visit her shortly after she returned from teaching in the neighboring villages. Mrs. S., I wish you would tell me some of your experiences that, I might, that they might help me reach the women here in China. I think, something went, I think something I went through today might help you, Rosalind, the veteran missionary responded. She then related the following incident. This morning, I went to a distant village where the Christian women of that section were to meet in a certain house for study of the Bible. But it began to rain, and no outside women came. So I started to read with the Christian woman at her home. We were sitting so close together on the kang, which is a, a brick platform or a bed. And I had my arm around her as we read. Suddenly, she began to cry, saying, Oh, Mrs. S., don't let us read any more. My heart is so full. I must talk to you. So I drew closer to her while she told me all of her troubles. The woman went on to say, My sister died some months ago, and since then I have had to care for her children as well as my own. Besides all the regular work of meals, sewing, and so on, I've had to weave cloth late into the night. And for weeks I have had no time for lice hunting. I and the whole family are just crawling with lice. Even the bed that we are sitting on is just alive. Oh, Mrs. S., Rosalind gasped. Did you jump off the kang? She replied, Mrs. Goforth, listen. I felt like it. I sure did. But just as I was about to do so, the words flashed through my mind. The love of Christ constraineth us. And instead... I drew the woman closer to me. When Rosalind heard this, tears flowed freely as she cried into her as she cried in her heart, Oh God, give me such love for my service in China. My friends, you could pray for these people to get saved that you're ministering to. You could pray for the people in your apartment complex or the next door neighbors that you're trying to win to Jesus Christ. And my friends, if you don't have the love that that constrains us, the love of Jesus Christ, that would draw someone closer, that wouldn't matter if lice was in the way. What you're praying for 
you're expecting to see happen because of the love of Jesus Christ. Your heart will never be constrained to serve or pray for sinners. You would win, or the Christian you would strengthen without the overpowering love of Christ flowing through you. The next person we see here in 1 Corinthians chapter 13 is found in verse 3. And though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, we find a giver without love. And though I, I bestow all my goods, I pass them out freely. Without love, you're absolutely nothing, my friend. You can give of your resources or even help someone out enough to feed them with, without genuine love for them. You can give the person who's holding a sign a few bucks on the side of the street and, and, and pass by with, with no love just because they, they needed something. And I think of someone who gives out of a heart of genuine love. I think of my mother-in-law. I know many people, you know, with their mother-in-laws, they, they tell mother-in-law jokes or different things and make fun of that. In my case, I can't do that because my mother-in-law is just so good. <laughs> My, my mother-in-law makes it very hard for me to do. I joke with her sometimes. But my mother-in-law is one of the most giving ladies, and, and, and her love is so evident that the love of Jesus shines through her. And you know that. You've experienced her love here, even to your own children, as she's, as she's come through a couple of times. The best giver, though, without love, is useless, without worth. In Jesus' eyes, without love, you cannot truly give like Jesus wants you to. You're worth nothing. See another person here in verse 3. And though I give my body to be burned and have not charity. Someone who, who makes the ultimate sacrifice. You know, have, you, have you ever burned your fingers before? And put your fingers near a stove or a heating element? And especially you as kids, you know, ah, that's hot. I'm going to get, get away from there. Imagine your willingness to give your body to be burned at the stake for Christ's cause. Throughout church history, there were many men or and women who gave their lives at the stake to be burned for their faith in Jesus Christ. And my friends, you could do that. If you do that without love, it's worth absolutely nothing. One of my favorite men to read about was the disciple of John. Not John the Baptist, John the beloved disciple who laid on Jesus' breast. His disciple was, his name was Polycarp. Polycarp of Smyrna. And he lived around AD 162 in the city of Smyrna there. In fact, in the book of Revelation chapter 2, you can read there as, as uh, the Lord is giving these letters to these seven churches, he mentions Smyrna in there, verses 8 through 11. And he has nothing bad to say about them because Polycarp was a fully committed disciple of Jesus Christ and the people that he was leading were fully committed disciples of Jesus Christ. They knew how to show the love of Jesus Christ. And Christ commends them, gives them praise for, for their example. And Polycarp was 86 years old. He was betrayed and, and, and the soldiers found him took him to the pro-council, but before they left his place of residence there where he was staying, he asked the soldiers for a season of prayer before they left. And the soldiers gave him a moment to, to speak with his Lord before he was to go before the pro-council and finally die. 
as he came before the proconsul of, of, uh, of Caesar there, there in, in the city, uh, the proconsul told him to recant his Lord. And he said, Eighty and six years have I served him, and never once has he done me any harm. In fact, rather, he's done me much good. How can I blaspheme my king who has saved me? And that day, Polycarp was sentenced to death by the stake. It was custom in Roman times to nail the one being executed to the stake so that they wouldn't move. Polycarp assured the soldiers there that no nails would be needed, that he would stand for his Lord and, and that no, no, uh, uh, no nails would, would be needed to, to nail him to the stake. As they lit that fire that day, something miraculous happened. As the flames grew higher and higher, they would not touch Polycarp. No matter how much they tried to manipulate the fire of the, the, fire of the flames, they were not, the Lord would not allow them to touch Polycarp's body. He died by a soldier, rather, that ran him through with a sword. And that day, Polycarp gave his life, but the love of Jesus Christ was shown, not through the flames, but by his life and the people that he had touched. The love of Jesus Christ flowed through that martyr. And that, that story you can read for yourself in the Fox's Book of Martyrs. You can make no greater sacrifice than to give your life as a martyr. And yet, the Bible says here in verse number 3 that without love, it's worth a big fat zero. A big fat zero with the ring rubbed out. There's absolutely nothing to show for it. But not only is there nothing to show for it, not only is it something of no worth to the Christian, there are grave consequences for a life lived without love. Let's look through these, these first three verses again and notice at the end there are some grave consequences that we need to take note of. Verse 1, though I speak with the, tongue, uh, the tongues of men and of angels and have not charity, I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. Hey, have you ever heard maybe uh, hangers on a doorknob clanging and just over and over again? They become annoying. This first consequence, you're a source of irritation to people. When you try to speak the right thing or, or try to encourage someone in the right direction without love, you try to speak truth without love to them, it will only irritate the person that you're talking to. It will not drive home any point that you're trying to get across to them. You'll become a source of annoyance to them. Not only that, though, there's a second consequence. Same verse there. I am become a sounding brass or a tinkling cymbal. You know, Mr. Milligan, you've, you've uh, taught several music students in your years, and I'm sure you could tell us uh, several times where you had a student that was trying to practice or trying to blast out a note without any sense of, of rhythm or melody. And not only did it fail to... Com uh, to, to, to uh, to, to play anything beautiful, but it failed to communicate anything to people. You're powerless to impact people when you do not have love behind what you're saying or what you're, what you're trying to communicate to someone. You're absolutely powerless 
to impact people. Now, sometimes the people that you try to help have enough respect to not walk off when you try to talk to them, but the, they're, they're not listening anymore because there's no true love from Jesus that's being communicated to them. Sometimes the problem is not so much them as it is you because you just want them to change their attitude or shape up. But you lack genuine love, my friends. You lack that genuine love that Jesus wants you to have. Not only are you a source of irritation, you're powerless to impact people, but notice verse 2. The end of verse 2, it walks through the gifts, uh, the, the gift of prophecy and understanding mysteries, knowledge, and being a prayer warrior, and get to the end of verse 2, and have not charity, I am nothing. I am absolutely empty. Here we find emotional emptiness. There's no satisfaction in doing all these things and getting burnt out because I have no true, real motivation to do this. I'm not constrained by the love of Jesus. Have you ever forced yourself to help someone because you knew it was the right thing to do, not because you truly loved them and wanted to truly help them? You know, we, when we make sacrifices for others out of a heart of true love, there's a sense of true joy and fulfillment. Because it's done, because when it's, when it's done out of a, a wrong motivation, the only thing that comes is that emotional emptiness, that empty feeling. It's worth absolutely nothing. But most importantly here, I'm going to come to the last consequence here, that we see in this passage, it's at the end of verse 3. Not only do we find that, that, uh, that there's the, the source of irritation, the powerless to impact people, there's that emotional emptiness that comes, no true satisfaction from Jesus. But I think far beyond that as a Christian, for the end of verse 3, and have not charity, it profiteth me nothing. Well, preacher, I'm not trying to earn anything from doing these, these good things for people. I'm not trying to earn anything by giving someone something. No, but Jesus wants you to. See, there's a fourth consequence here. There's a loss of all eternal rewards. It profiteth me nothing. Have you ever worked very hard for a competition or something like that? Maybe you were, you were playing a sport only to fail miserably and, and find out that none of it counted? How would you like it to get through your life and to, to try to do the right things, and not because you want to, but just because you have to? Say the right thing over here to this person, but that just ministered death to them. Did this thing over here with this person, not because you truly love them. And get to the end of all your things, end of, of all your life, and realize all of it was a big fat zero. All of it counted for nothing. My goal as a pastor is to be able to present each one of you before Jesus and each one of you to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, and to receive a crown, to receive riches, and to be able to cast them before Jesus' feet. That's my, that's, that's my love for you all. My friends, this morning, there could be a total loss of eternal reward on your part because of doing these things, because of being a Christian without love. They're not going to know that you're with Him. They're not going to know that you're a disciple of His 
you kind of camouflage yourself into, into the rest of the world. And, and without knowing it, you lose all eternal reward. Or you'll be in heaven someday. You'll be with him. But you won't have anything to show for it. A lack of love will cost us eternal rewards that God wanted to give us. My friends, this morning, is your life exemplifying the love of Jesus Christ? Or is your life, like these many people here that are in the first part of this passage, is your life a big fat zero? God doesn't want that this morning. He can, he can restore you. He can, he can get you back to walking with him in love. But my friends, this morning, is there something that needs to get back in line with, with Jesus' love? The way you talk to people, the way you speak to another person, is it loving? And say all the right things, but without love, it's absolutely nothing. This morning, as we go to prayer, as we close the service here this morning, do business with God. The altar's open here this morning. And uh, as we go to prayer here this morning, as the piano plays, you do business with God.